All right, welcome to Useful Idiots. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I am Katie Halper. We're going to do things faster this week. Let's try to make yeah. it faster. All right, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let's be, like, I think the pace has been a problem, he says, okay. already already delaying. I know. Pace. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, I like to talk about how Catholic Matt is. Then he used to say he's not active. I say, no, I mean culturally. Guilt, right. Guilt. And then it's a whole thing. Yeah. We yeah. can just speed right to the end where we decide, yeah. where we Thanks run so out of. Thanks so much for watching. Right. Yeah, exactly. Go to usefulidiots.substack.com. Uh, Right. Don't don't watch whatever that podcast is. We always yeah. make fun of. Yeah. Pots of we can play this whole thing on two speed. Right. Yeah. Lots to talk about this week. A big story that we're actually not talking about. And I don't, I don't think in any of our segments is this the whole sudden reappearance of the lab leak hypothesis, which has basically everybody in America pissed off in one direction or another. Yeah. Um, in and fact, it, not to toot my own show, but uh, on the Katie Halper show this week, I spoke to Thomas Frank. Right. And he about did a the piece he did for The Guardian. Yeah. Right. Yeah. About how it's going to be. Yeah. What's the term? A moral earthquake, if it turns yeah, out to be true. It turns out to be true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's in, and, and little fourth wall uh, destruction here. Thomas Frank really wanted to hang out with you, Matt, and me. Uh huh. I know. And, and it I was didn't... only me, Matt. Yeah. But it was good. I'm a hermit. What, what can I say? Uh oh. You know? A yeah. hermit. You're advertising for morally <laughs> sanctioned. If something happens to you. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. We've but you already have family been to alive, so you can't, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. We can't yeah. go there. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll have to at some point get into the lab leak yeah. thing because it's it's hilarious on a, on a bunch of levels because people don't know how to define it. Like there are some people who see the reappearance of this hypothesis as as part of a deep state plot against China. And right. then there's other people who see it exactly the opposite way, essentially saying that the original pronouncement that the lab leak hypothesis was conspiracy theory was the deep state hypothesis. Right. So there's this epistemological like or epistemic or whatever the word is yeah. argument about sort of the origin of this new thing. And everybody's bugging out about it. And they, and they feel way more strongly about it than probably they need to. But um, yeah, I mean, it is become, you know, you and I have slightly different views on China, but I'm working on my dual citizenship right now as we speak, actually. But um, a lot of people who I'm friends with and like agree with politically are just understandably, I think, kind of like knee jerkily saying this is like not true and this is new Cold War on China. But, you know, the nice thing about this is if it is true, right? And just to summarize, it's basically like Thomas Frank is saying it could have been gain, what is it, gain of function? Gain of function research, right? yeah. Which, Which wouldn't, when, wouldn't implicate China alone, by the way. It would also right. implicate us. us but, right, because yeah, like yeah. we funded that and, and- Part of it, yeah. Part of it, and also, and it would be ironic if, because Obama's administration stopped doing that, right? And then Trump started again. So it would be really ironic if Trump helped this thing happen. Right. China. But uh, it, you know, I was a lot of people pointed out to me that I was like, well, of course, people are afraid that it's, you know, that it's going to stir this like hostility towards China or justify hostility towards China. And also it's racist. You know, they're afraid of that stuff. And they're like racist as opposed to the idea that it started because they're like eat dirty food. I know. Yeah, exactly. Which I didn't. I was like, oh, OK, then sure. Yeah. So we're competing between two potentially racist narratives, which I think should free people up. But and also I just want people to know it's not enough. I mean, you can people can oppose 
gain of function, right? Which is when you like, basically you create a stronger version of something, but it's in the name of science. It's to create immunity around it. If a country, if China did do this, it wasn't to be like, we are going to let this out and poison the world, or this is part of an attack on the West. Right. The 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 scientific critique of this is that basically it's a bunch of people who were being irresponsible in their pursuit of this kind of research. Like they were running around collecting a whole bunch of, it was like, it's sort of like Jurassic virus park. Yeah. They, they were, they were getting good, together a bunch of dangerous stuff. Yeah, exactly. And putting it in, uh, in labs and right. sort of enhancing it uh, in order to, to test which one is more likely to become a pandemic and oops, you know, these humanized mice or whatever, something happened. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. uh, Whatever the theory is, everybody's, but in, in typical American fashion, there's nobody who's even mildly neutral about the whole thing. Yeah. They're, they're in complete freak out mode and um, we'll have to get to it at some point. Yeah. So uh, for food groups, I think yes. you're, you're first this I'm week, a, right? Yeah, this Democrats, is a Dem yeah. Democrats suck. Is there anything? No, I, I was, you know, I pulled an all nighter trying to find something. <laughs> yeah. I, I settled on, on, on this one. Let's see. So we got, you know, this is kind of, it was just a question of time uh, before this came up again. We got Rahm Emanuel. He is being uh, reportedly offered Japan ambassadorship. People may may know that Rahm Emanuel is uh, a little problematic. He's a, uh, he's a dick. He's a dick. He was, uh, of course, uh, Obama's chief of staff. Uh, he helped cover up as mayor of Chicago uh, the killing of the police killing of uh, Laquan McDonald, who was 17 years old. Uh, and he also, you know, put like a dead fish on a political enemy's doorstep. Do you really uh, do that? I never heard that. Story. Yeah, I've told you this before. Oh, right. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. Uh, senioritis, senior right. moment. Yes, yeah. Uh, repeated senior moment syndrome. And or, he, or extra gaddic moment, one or the other. Oh, so, right, right, yeah. Right, yeah, there's also that. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, a, and he also, of course, you know, Obama basically blamed him for being a dick. He got like dick by... It was like Dick Contagion from Rahm Emanuel because he basically uh -huh. blamed Dick by like, association. Dick by association. Well, it's worse than Dick by association. It's Dick by um, osmosis almost. Right. Because Dick Moses. He, Dick Moses. Yeah, because he blamed Rahm Emanuel for killing a bunch. He's like, I don't really want to kill that many people with drones and stuff. But like Rahm Emanuel was basically like, you're really liberal. So you got to do it. He was nagging. He was nagging. He was he was he was nudging him. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was we we still haven't done a reading of uh of Obama's book. We really have to do that. We should make some subtract I mean, only. Yeah, yeah, we should we should get yeah. to that at some point. Oh and and the, the, that's an interesting book because it's so different in tone from his other books. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. He's uh let me just give you this one quote. Maybe the oh. idea is just to send him to Japan and hope he never comes back. Maybe. That could be, yeah. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. that is that is something that, that politicians do, like when they're being a little bit funny. You know, they get together and they say, let's go, let's give him the ambassadorship to Reunion Island or something like right. that. Right. Let's see if he takes it. You know, Do you ever see that story that actually it, one of those scenes is in uh, Chris Christie's book. No. What was it? It was <laughs> it's, it's right after it's right after Trump wins the election and Christie's expecting some huge appointment because he was the first you know, legit politician to, to support Trump. And they keep. Trump keeps stringing him along and they, they keep sort of dangling at these big posts in front of him, like, oh, yeah, we're thinking about this and that, and maybe state or, you know, chief of staff, whatever it is. And he finally gets a meeting 
And they're like, so what do you think about the ambassador to Vatican City? He'd probably like it, though. And he, he, he said no, ultimately. Oh, I wonder why. Bad, but then, bad Catholic. But can't you imagine, like, B- Bannon and Trump getting together? Like, where should we yeah. send this yeah. guy? Yeah, where like, you want to send this guy? <laughs> yeah. Outer space. No, we don't have an embassy there, sadly. <laughs> yeah, not yet. City. Yeah, yeah. Chris Christie. Yeah. Listen, Gail, remember that moment? Listen, Gail, I have the right to send my kids wherever I want. <laughs> I don't remember called, that. Um, he yells at someone. He yells at a woman for asking him why he sends his kid to private school, basically. Uh, Listen, uh, Gail. You don't send your children to public schools. You send them to private schools. So I was wondering why you think it's fair to be cutting school funding to public schools. What's her name? What's her name, guys, real quick, because the governor's talking. What is it? Gail. Talk to Gail. Hey, Gail, you know what? First off, it's none of your business. I'll ask you where you send your kids to school. Don't bother me about where I send mine. So just so I just wanted to make sure that people, in case they don't know what I'm talking about, uh, this is an excerpt of, of Obama's book. And, and he says that he took no joy in ordering drone strikes, um, but that, according to Ron Manuel, you know, at his nudging, he couldn't, quote, look soft on terrorism, end quote. Uh, and this is from the humbly entitled memoir, A Promised Land. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also says that uh, Rahm Emanuel is obsessed with keeping track of a list of terrorist targets um, because Emanuel had, quote, spent enough time in Washington to know this new liberal president couldn't afford to look soft on terrorism. In places like Yemen, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iraq, the lives of millions of young men had been warped and stunted by desperation, ignorance, dreams of religious glory, the violence of the surroundings, or the schemes of older men. They were dangerous, these young men, often deliberately and casually cruel. Still in the aggregate, at least, I wanted somehow to save them, send them to school, give them a trade, drain them of the hate that had been filling their heads. And yet the world they were part of and the machinery I command more often had me killing them instead. (laughs) That's right. I took no joy in any of this. It didn't make me feel powerful. I'd entered politics to help kids get a better education, to help families get health care, to help poor countries grow more food. It was that kind of power that I measured myself again. But the work was necessary, and it was my responsibility to make sure our operations were as effective as possible. It wasn't like I was having fun yeah. doing this. Yeah, I didn't get off necessary. on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it wasn't like I did it late at night. Right. You yeah. know, in my underwear. Right. You know, yeah. in no. front of a computer. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. It no wasn't one like walked that. in on me doing that. <laughs> I didn't shut my laptop when they came in. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was, oh, man. it hurt him more than them. Right. I wonder if the original title of that book was My Awesome Thoughts. My Awesome Thoughts. Yeah. Colin, I didn't want to kill them. Right. I didn't want to kill them. I didn't yeah. want to kill them. Uh, so so he's going to Japan? Uh, yeah, it looks like it. And that's, you know, I guess it's better than being the, tran- the um, transportation secretary, which is what they thought before. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, we got played because I think Nira Tandon, do we ever look update people on this? I'm pretty sure she got nominated. She's part of something now. But she didn't get the OMB. Did no, she? she didn't get the OMB. But I think she did get she got a, a position ready. Mm-hmm. Denied OMB chairman chairship. She's assuming the role of senior advisor to the president. It's not as flashy, but it may give her more influence. Senior advisor to the president That's is nothing. like it's nominal. It's, it's like uh, it's like executive producer to Hangover Three, right? Like, right, right. There's a lot of them. Really important, um, right? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, yeah. that, that could mean a lot of things. Yeah. 
it could just be like a card, you know, that, 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 that here, have a card if you, yeah. and, and, a, and a little salary. Yeah. And if you really want to impress somebody, like you can tell them you're a senior yeah. advisor to the president, right. but otherwise yeah. fuck off. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's yeah. kind of how that one went. Let's hope. Let's well, hope. Girl you know? Yeah. Right. So there's that. And then there is uh, something that you, you sent to, uh, to me, which is that something from friend of show, David Sirota. Um, and he, and I'm only bringing it up because we brought up the Obama thing. So mm. Sirota tweets out, seems to me that Barack Obama only gives interviews to pundits and news orgs that he knows are so obsequious that they implicitly guarantee they'll just accept this kind of horseshit answer about the financial crisis with no follow-up or pushback at all. This is at the New York Times. Do you think, given how intense political identities are now, that policy can persuade people to vote differently? Or is partisanship now almost immune to the material consequences of governance? That's, I think that's Ezra Klein asking, by the way. Okay. But anyway, go ahead. So that's we got Ezra Klein, yeah, asking. Um, I think over time it does. I think it's not as immediate. And look, I think it's important to just remember that when we came into office, the economy was in a free fall. We had to scramble and do a bunch of stuff, some of which was inherited, some of which we initiated to stabilize the financial system. People hated it. It's hard to just underscore how much the bank bailouts just angered everyone, including me. And then you have this long, slow recovery, although the economy recovers technically quickly. It's another five years before we're really back to people feeling like, okay, the economy is moving and working for me. And the truth is that if Donald Trump doesn't get elected, let's say a Democrat, a Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton had immediately succeeded me and the economy suddenly has 3% unemployment, I think we would have considered the sense that, oh, actually these policies that Obama put in place worked. David's completely right there because first of all, he's being ridiculous. The the, the reality of the, the bailout was that it was really good for the top 20% of the country and, and, and fantastic for the top like 1%, but everybody else suffered net declines right. uh, in, in a net worth uh, up until like the last couple of years of Obama's presidency. But over, overall, it was, a, it was a major sort of reshuffling of the pie, like a reorganizing of the pie and there's almost no way to argue that it didn't have a big influence on Trump winning because it definitely inspired a lot of sort of economic distress at the yeah. lower end of the spectrum, right? Or, at the, or in the middle among people who aren't used to it, right? So they probably reacted a little bit irrationally there. But, um, but Obama's, he's throughout the whole financial crisis, he got away with saying almost anything right. and people never really called him on it. There was that famous interview in 60 Minutes where he said um, some of the worst behavior on Wall Street wasn't, Ill wasn't illegal. Right. And people interpreted that as none of the, the worst behavior on Wall Street was illegal. And therefore, it's okay that we're not prosecuting any of these people. Right. right? And, yeah. You know, it's just a very lawyered statement, right? And yeah. nobody, nobody asked Unless the follow-up question right. on that. Right. So, yeah. Like how many of them were, if that's true, and could you have done something about the other ones? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Can you be specific? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. Well, you know what, Matt? Here's the thing. To quote Obama, my entire politics is premised on the fact that we are these tiny organisms on this little speck floating in the middle space. The differences we have on this planet are real, they're profound, and they cause enormous tragedy as well as joy. But we're just a bunch of humans with doubts and confusion. We do the best we can, and the best thing we can do is treat each other better because we're all we got. 
He told that to Ezra Klein in the same interview. That's okay. So that's like the plot of Ant Man, basically. Yeah, it sounds. Uh, yeah, and it sounds kind of like like freshman year stoned Obama. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You you can see the whole universe in my yeah your fingernail. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Animal House. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the kind of it's, if you can get away with giving an answer like that in response to something specific, like why didn't you? Why didn't you send anybody to jail for mortgage fraud? That's that's a mark of a good politician right there. It is. Yeah. Well, well, to be fair, as as Ezra says in the opening, so he opens with that uh, organism line. Very good uh, opening. Uh, to be fair, I was the one who had introduced the cosmic scale, asking how proof of alien life would change his politics. But Obama, in a philosophical mood, used the question to trace his view of humanity. Sounds like someone's avoiding the alien life question. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Take a stand. Yeah, take a stand. Right. He probably knows the answer too, right? He kind of looks like a handsome alien, actually. You think? He kind of looks E.T. related. Like if E.T. got his head caught in an an elevator doors. (laughs) Because, you know, E.T. has a very square jaw, maybe heart shaped, depending on on yeah on one's definition of those I, I might have to dissent with you on this one i'm not but again handsome guy i'm not i'm not handsome, denying he's handsome, handsome. and right. also look okay. better gray got better looking with huh. eight. so like bin laden another one of your favorites i mean right? bin laden is no Suleimani, but he has nice person eyes that's it handsome right. he's i mean i just think we should admit that just like we should admit lenny riefenstahl made good movies we should we should be constantly admitting that <laughs> we should praise her every day <laughs> I wake up inspired by her. Automatic tweets every 30 seconds. Yeah. 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 We should start a Lenny Riefenstahl Twitter account. Reminder. Lenny Riefenstahl made made good movies. Yeah. No, I mean, from her perspective. From her perspective. Things are looking really good on the set of Triumph of the Will. Right. It's well shot. What was Olympias? About the Olympics? I didn't watch that one. Well, I haven't sat down to watch either one to to be, if I'm being honest. Damn it! There goes my chance to run the Lenny Riefenstahl account. Forget I right, just yeah. by myself. I mean, well, I you could brush up. Watch. Yeah, you binge watch. But in <laughs> Olympus, she uses she backwards. I know this from a film class. It's pretty stunning, and she has these these divers, right? Footage of these divers like flips into the pool, and it's actually backwards footage. It's like in reverse. Oh, nothing you can. It's not like backwards footage, like you see them coming out of the water. It's like right. close ups, and they're actually yeah. Oh, uh, that's a good technique. Yeah. I like that. They did that in Top Secret, one of my favorite movies. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's it's a, a joke movie. in that movie. Yeah. All right, so that's good. So so we'll have to get into the Obama thing a little bit. Yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point. Um, yeah. uh, for Republicans, like I, I don't. It's 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 actually that's a good one. So I, I saw it first. Believe it or not, looking at uh, Star Trek veteran George Takei's Twitter account. It's about Pennsylvania government uh, lieutenant governor John Fetterman's war over the flags in his office he, he's putting gay pride flags outside of his office yeah and pretty, uh, yeah. and so republican legislators were upset and they passed the first they passed a bill to ban the display of these flags and he responded like what are you going to do send out the gay flag police after me and they did in fact uh send state workers i guess from the what general services department to take the flags away and he puts them back up again he, it's even he, bigger rainbow flags, right? Even bigger. And, and 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 his whole offer is that you can get me to take him down forever if you pass like an equal protection law for lesbians and gays, whatever. LGBTQIA, uh, yeah. 
I oh, what's the IA for now? Uh, intersex. And I think asexual. Is that what the A is? Anyway, we're going to have to have like a department of acronyms. Yeah. Soon. This to me, again, it's like old school Republicans. Like you're bothered enough by our gay pride flag that you got to send people out to go take it down. Yeah. You think you probably need a hobby. Right. And Don't it's probably patchwork quilting pride parades. What? Pride, right. Sorry, pride flags. Pride, pride flags. flags. What if that's what this was actually about? They're doing a patchwork quilt. Someone at home is actually making a patchwork quilt. They need all the pr- the pride flags that they can get. I see. So it wasn't actually about an Homophobia. ideological statement. Right. They just needed the materials. Yeah, exactly. The raw materials. Yeah. Okay. That would make it a little bit more understandable, right? Yeah. Now I'm for it. Yes. Donate your pride flags because Republicans are making a huge. They're quilting. Patchwork. They're quilting. Yeah. That would be great think, if they were quilting, actually. I think quil- quilting is a, is, a, is a nice relaxing hobby for a person yeah. to have. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't personally quilt. Do you quilt? No, I don't. I knit not very well. Really? I you advanced. knit? I, yeah. I just do. I'll next show. I'll show a, you a, a scarf I've knit. Really? Yeah. I will. I really will. And, and by the way, Matt, coming uh-huh. full circle with the pride and uh-huh. the space life mm-hmm. today, if you go to Google, you know how Google, like they have, sometimes they have a little, right. Person, right. It's a guy named, I've never heard of him. Frank Kameni. Have you Frank Kameni? Uh, He was an American gay rights activist. He had been referred to as one of the most significant figures in the American gay rights movement. He was dismissed in 1957. He was dismissed from his position as an astronomer in the U.S. Army's Army Map Service in Washington, D.C. because of his homosexuality, leading him to begin a Herculean struggle with the American establishment that would spearhead a new period of militancy in in the homosexual rights movement of the early 1960s. This is that quote is from before Stonewall activists for gay and lesbian rights in historical context. Yeah, I, I do know that story. I don't yeah. I didn't remember, didn't recognize the name, though. He appealed his firing uh, by the U.S. Civil Service Commission, although unsuccessful. The proceeding was notable as the first known civil rights claim based on sexual orientation pursued in a U.S. court. Right. Did not know that. Right. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. 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 Yay for Google on that. Yay for um, Google and yay for quilters. Frank. Yeah, and quilters. He's wearing a lay in this photo. It's very cute. Okay. Oh yeah, lays lays are cute. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I got for Republican. Like that's just classic, right? Yeah, classic old school Republicans suck. Quilting is good. It kind of reminds me of of John Ashcroft throwing the the. the oh yeah, covering the, up the naked woman. The naked breast. Naked statue. Right. What, yeah. what statue was that? It was the law. Was it Lady Justice? I think it was. Kind of- vampy lady justice something like that yeah she must have been she must have been hot actually because it bothered him well uh, i mean m- maybe it just bothered him in principle i not don't think well he's, distract- he's a principled man and a very good singer remember it, the that's song right the yes yeah where the eagles soar that's yeah, right let the let the eagle let soar, the eagle soar. right yeah, that was quite a moment. Those yeah. were fun years. They were kind of fun, unless you were living in the Middle East, in which case. But you know what? Not fun now either. Or right. Yeah, exactly. Obama, so, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Who's complaining? Yeah. Um, yeah, they spent $8,000 on blue drapes that hide the two giant aluminum Art Deco statues. And, and that was the Justice Department did that. And the, it was in the Great Hall of Department of Justice. So That's a lot of money on drapes. Those. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I hope they reuse them after. Oh, no, they're still there, I guess. Right. I mean, I hope they didn't. Is the statue still covered up? I hope. Not. I don't know. That's what I'm going to say. If not, who has that statue? Where is well, it? The female statue that represents 
the spirit of justice. It has its arms raised and a toga draped over its body, but a single breast is completely exposed. The other statue, a man with a cloth covering his midsection, is called the majesty of law. Wait, just his midsection? Yeah. They were installed in the 1930s when the building was finished, according to the Justice Department. The statues were hidden by curtains on November 20th when President Bush came to the Justice Department to name the building after the assassinated former Attorney General Robert Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Comstock said that apparently the Justice Department bought the drapes to avoid having to rent them every time the agency had a formal event. Okay, so I guess apparently Ashcroft didn't know it was being done. Oh, I don't. We, we don't believe don't, that, do we? Not, not, no way that they were just covered up. I like that though. This the scantily clad justice statues because it kind of implies that there's you know after doing yeah. justice you gotta you gotta like finish the job. This isn't just barely not covering the breast. I mean Hold that on. breast is like prominent. And then there's 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 Where's the, the dude though. Yeah, the dude yeah. justice is also. Hang on a second. Here he is. Oh, I see him. Okay, yeah. it's not covering his midsection. It's covering the crotch area. Just barely. I mean, just barely. Matt wants that covered. I guess they are covered up too. But I mean, midsection makes it seem like he was wearing like a, a crop top and his genitals were exposed, which would have been very, very. Oh, funny. I see. I like thought it was, it was like just midriff. Yeah, oh, midriff. Yeah. Which would right. have been very interesting. Yeah. No, this is just like a strategically placed. Right. Yeah. Piece of clothing, right? Like. Yeah. If that shot is from any any other angle, you're seeing, you're seeing balls. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, can I tell you, there's a really yeah. funny, um, there's a great uh, short story um, by a Russian writer named Sergei Dovlatov called The Suitcase. And it, one of the stories in, in this, it's a series of vignettes, and it tells the story of how he worked as an apprentice to a sculptor uh, at one point. And he lets, he lets the reader in on a secret, which is that, you know, the sculptor is basically busy making tons of Lenin statues and other communist figures, but they're all anatomically correct under the clothes. Like they all have actual genitals under the clothes. Yeah. Uh, He's a realist. Yeah, I guess so. So maybe, maybe, um, maybe that's a secret of sculpting. As you, this is a photo of, of Ashcroft kind of making, how would you describe his hands right here? He's doing the, I once caught a fish this big, yeah, uh, right. But, the, but it's what's important is that it's not flat hands. They're no, kind of, no, they're, they're rounded. They're cupped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If he's if he was behind her, it would be, yeah, it would be very inappropriate. Yeah. So that's actually kind of a funny picture. That's yeah, a good exactly. picture. Yeah. Who took that yeah. shot? Los Angeles Times. You got to find that photographer. Yeah. All right. What do we Hang have? For, isn't, uh, isn't that weird? So for isn't that weird? This is, again, one of these kind of borderline um, mixed genre. It could go under weird or terrible. Right. But just the I think the headline like kind of speaks for itself. But we actually did a story on this before people, viewers and listeners right, may remember yes. that there was a, a tragic gender reveal party where people were killed in a plane crash. Mm-hmm. This is actually a thing. Apparently, I'm reading at the spectator. Uh, why are people dying at gender reveal parties? These events have escalated to frightening, fascinating levels. And then they go through some of the examples. A New Hampshire man has turned himself into the police after setting off 80 pounds of explosives as part of a gender reveal party. NBC reports that the explosion, which was apparently caused by a legal explosive called Tannerite, led to fears of an earthquake and cracked the foundations of nearby homes. And uh, that was uh, because of a gender reveal party. And of course, gender reveal parties reveal whether a couple's new child is a boy or a girl. Apparently, you know, when you can... 
you know when the first gender reveal video can be traced back to? Uh, 2009. How do you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This article sucks, by the way. There are no links. How do you not have any links? I don't like this. All right. So, uh, yeah. Could the, be fake. Oh, yeah. What Could if it's be fake? fake news? Is this fake news? No. We're gonna have, okay. Reading again this terrible article with no links. Ben Sixsmith. Is that even a real name? At first, the videos were safe, cute, and boring. Someone would cut into a cake to reveal colorful icing or a box would release colorful balloons. But as parents struggle to stand out from the crowd, the sophistication scale that reveals mounted. This month, two people were killed when a plane releasing pink smoke crashed in Mexico. In February, a New York man was killed when a device he was building for his child's gender reveal party exploded. Another explosion claimed the life of a grandmother when she was struck by shrapnel in Knoxville last year. I know. In 2020, a smoke generating pyrotechnic device let off at a California gender reveal party, ignited a a wildfire that burned homes and claimed the lives of a firefighter. In 2017, a gender reveal party in Arizona set off another blaze. A Louisiana, this is like really messed up, ready? A Louisiana family placed a watermelon in an alligator's mouth that exploded. With a splash of blue jelly, I knew. <laughs> a Texas family copied the stunt using a hippopotamus. <laughs> that's not okay at all. Why not? That's it's murder. What? It's animal. I mean, you can't do that. What the hippopotamus eats? So eats a a, 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 a a watermelon. That part is fine. It didn't kill the hippopotamus. I'm sure it did. Why? Wait, hold on. Place a watermelon alligator's mouth that exploded. With well, a I mean, it, I think it it it, it could have just been that they oh, filled the. Oh, I thought I thought it meant that the hippo and the and the alligator went with it and exploded. <laughs> well, I mean, that would be messed up if they actually put explosives and blue jelly in in the. That's kind of what I thought it was. All right, we got to find that actual event. Hang on a second. crying. <laughs> Where do they get the alligator? I know, it's just an alligator on oh. the grass. And how, oh, wait, is no. this not a real alligator? It's a real alligator. How do they make it not bite the guy? Let's get this party going. Oh my God. What the hell? Did he put it in him already? No, no, no. Oh no, there it is. Oh my God. Ready? Come on, we're ready forever. <laughs> oh my God, he almost snapped. I wish he had bit his hand off. Oh, okay. Thank God. All right, he just bit into the into the watermelon. Thank God. Okay, I thought this whole time I thought it was gonna explode both of them. All right. All right, now let's see the hippo one. So someone hires these animals. Unusual gender reveal. Right here, there you go. Are you ready? A father to be feeds a watermelon to a hungry, hungry hippo. (laughs) Yes. You can see blue jello jello pouring out of the watermelon. (laughs) Wow. Oh man, that is funny. Well, you know what? Why I was thinking of such a violent thing before is because today I was looking for some stories and I found. There was a test that I was reading at Science. Hardy water bears survive bullet impacts up to a point. Do you know what water bears are? No. Well, I got to put this in there. You just got to look at them. Hold on. I don't know if I'm ready to have water bears in my life. Anyway, go ahead. Whoa. Right? What is that thing? It's okay. 
they are real. That's real. Oh, it's but, microscopic. Yeah. Yeah, but still, but still. I thought that, it was like four feet long. That would have been awesome. That'd be really cute. How how would you describe what that looks like? Uh oh my god, they're really cute and weird looking. It looks like a manatee with claws yeah. with with like a rectum for a face. No, a rectum. I think it or, looks, no, I think it looks like a um a nozzle from like a uh from a like look how how it's perfectly serrated the the opening. Oh, right. You know so it's like a shower head? A shower head or like a vac yeah, something. I mean, that looks like a blow up. Oh my god, I'm going in like I'm zooming in on it. It looks like a blow up bed, but it's a little microscopic creature that's exactly what it looks like it looks like a nozzle you know how blow up beds air mattresses right yes yeah the thing that you gotta pull the little yeah that's exactly what it looks like oh my god they're so cute i want a life a life-size one but they've been basically it's 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 there's been a lot of water bear abuse in the name of science why what are they well they blast them into they were trying to see how destructible they were um so what they've been doing lately Okay, so they're they're like they're real big survivors, right? So, um, they tried to send them to the moon. Okay. Really? Okay. Yeah, and then um, uh, they also wanted to find out whether tardigrades is their other other name. What they did was they fed about twenty tardigrades moss and mineral water. They put them into hibernation, a so-called TUN state in which their metabolism decreases to 0.1% of their normal activity by freezing them for 40 hours or 48 hours. And this is apparently an ethical study, they said. Then they then place two to four at a time in a hollow nylon bullet and fire them at increasing speeds using a two-stage light gun gas light gas gun, which is a, a tool in physics experiments that can achieve mu muzzle velocities far higher than any conventional gun. When shooting the bullets into a sand target several meters away, the researchers found that the creatures could survive impacts up to about 900 meters per second and momentary shock pressures up to a limit of 1.14 GPA. Above those speeds, they just mush. So what's what's the scientific uh, purpose of doing that again? It places new limits on a theory known as panspermia, which suggests some forms of life could move between worlds as stowaways on meteorites kicked up after an asteroid strikes a planet or moon. Eventually, the meteorite could impact another planet along with its living cargo. But it shows that panspermia is hard but not impossible. I guess they wanted, they're trying to figure out what would happen if a meteor struck. And it had, it had organisms of some kind on it? I guess. Or no, we have the, or I mean, the organisms are here. Maybe it's just an excuse to do what you yeah, want to do, which is like put caterpillars in a blender. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm pretty sure it's just a bunch of scientists who are like, I bet we can get funding for this. How big are they, though? Doesn't matter. They're living things. It's funny. I No, I know. I was, right, right, right. Yeah. But it's a recent, basically, they fired the, yeah, a recent experiment, put tardigrades into. Into the gas gun. Into, fired them at 900 meters per second into sand. Yeah. And then wrote a paper about it, I'm assuming. Right. And got funding. That's awesome. Even hard What's... to tell tardigrades can't always survive being shot out of a gun. A recent experiment put tardigrades indestructibility to the test by firing the critters at speeds up to 1,000 meters per second. 
The inspiration to test water bear's ability to withstand high-speed impacts came from the tardigrade-toting Israeli spacecraft Bereshit, which crashed into the moon in 2019. I wondered, are there tardigrades alive, says astrobiologist Alejandra Traspas Muina of Queen Mary University of London. So that's when they froze them. She and a planetary scientist, Mark Burchell of University of Kent in England, loaded the dormant water bears into nylon bullets. Of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It looks more like a cannon than a firearm. And they launched them at different speeds, ranging from 550 to 1,000 meters per second into bags of sand meant to mimic the lunar surface. And it proved lethal when it was um, at or at 825 meters per second. But then there's another, they quote another guy from the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa who wonders if there aren't other kinds of water bears who might prove even more splatterproof. Wow. So this kind of research could be going on all over the world. All over. We would never see it. In fact, I wonder if people in meetings are doing it, <laughs> like without being able to detect it. They're just going like this, like... I don't know how to explain this motion for listeners, but they're so like putting thumb their wrestling thumb, a little bit. Yeah, thumb yeah. wrestling. Yeah. I like this. I like this sentence. Water bears that were frozen and thawed without being pelted into sand bounce back within nine hours. You think they're going to upgrade to larger animals? You think they'll be, they'll be using Bichon freezes and stuff like that? Don't say that. They're so cute. Maybe hippos and maybe hippos and alligators. Maybe that's no. what that test. Well, I'm just telling you, that's why I think that was in my head when they did that. I think that's why. Oh, I, I see. Yeah. I don't really understand, though, what the point of this was. What the point you? of shooting, sh shooting like the, what the test was. I think they're trying to measure the possibility of life traveling between yeah. planets, theoretically. But the, right. it's what it really tests is the ability of scientists to get funding for shit. Yeah. Which is impressive. I mean, right, I, yeah. I'm all for that. But that is weird. That is weird, right? But what I really like about this is that, again, this 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 paper, which is like the scientific paper, they say they were handled according to the ethical rules for invertebrates with the consent of the department ethics officer. So there's like a guideline on on shooting invertebrates with a with a nylon gun? I guess so. Yeah. So this this must be going on all over the country or everywhere. Right. Why, how come we don't have not uh, invertebrate shooting parties and yeah, you're right. gender yeah. reveal parties? I guess because we'd have to all have microscopes. Right. They have to do it with bigger animals. But I do. I want a big blow up one of those. I want like a full. You want a cute one? And those yeah. claws look a little kind of intense to me. Yeah, they do. Well, they more look like little. Also, needles. the face, like, what does it do with that? Is it is it nuzzle or does it does it take little circle sized bites out of you? Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. Like right? Yemeni children. Yeah, yeah. And these are small, too. So same problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there are no um, conflicts of interest. Isn't that terrible? We had a couple of options. You you were you were kind of pushing this idea that the state of Arizona is using. I wasn't. Uh, I don't know if pushing that idea as much as saying that it happened. You make it well, seem like it's a conspiracy theory on my it, end. It, it was a conspiracy theory. Yeah. You were trying trying to get me to go with Arizona using cyanide to execute people. Like you know, like that's so horrible. Right. Like, no, yeah. um, Just because the Nazis did it in right. Yeah, the only reason I, I didn't go for that is because the other methods of executing people are also horrible. So right. um, to be fair, yeah. Yeah, like the whole use of paralytics and stuff and people. Which is why a guy, a guy, you know, a guy just sued to have the Supreme Court rule on. He wanted a firing squad because right. he has some neurological condition and he's afraid it'll be painful. Talk about ethics. Well, the most I mean, the most benign is, is the 
the guillotine, which they did actually have briefly in a couple of states, if I remember correctly. I feel like benign and guillotine never belong in the same. Well, I mean, not benign. What's the word I'm looking for? Like humane, I guess, right? Because oh, it's okay. at least it's shorter. Let's not have this discussion. Yeah. This is why I didn't want to do this one. All right, uh, yeah. So it's too real life terrible, right? We like yeah, doing yeah, like yeah. not. Yeah, so okay. this is a story from the AFP about a development in South Korea. They have... Um, the South Koreans are building basically like the climate change version of a fallout shelter. So they built this sort of gigantic underground tunnel, which is designed to withstand a nuclear blast. And its mission is to um, preserve uh, 5,000 different kinds of seeds. The facility was built to store wild plant species and to protect them against climate change so that our future generations will be able to use them to prevent extinction. And I love the fact that he's wearing a mask because we're already having one disaster. And then there's like this sort of... It's one of only two such facilities in the world, the other in the Arctic. Huh. And they have these little, like, they're almost like, um... Meals ready to like, eat. Yeah. The deposits are designed to be permanent, only used as a last resort against extinction. Look, I, I wasn't going to have any, but I'm starving. And <laughs> 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 the sea vault stores seeds to prevent them from becoming extinct. So the best scenario would be that this be, the seeds never have to be taken out. Right. Right. You don't want to be using them for any reason. Yeah, except, except recreational and survival. Right. Plant extinction is progressing at an alarming rate, researchers say. So it's like seed Noah's Ark. Basically. Increasing human population, pollution, deforestation. Right. Seed Noah's Ark. Yeah. One might ask, why is that wildflower on the curbside important? The crops that we eat today may have come from that nameless flower on the curbside. Our job is to identify those one by one and let people know how important they are. I mean, they put a lot of effort into this. Yeah, where are people getting the funding for this? I mean, okay, to be fair, this probably is I would a little bit more justifiable than, than shooting invertebrates in the yeah. sand. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. Is this terrible? No, it's actually. I mean, I was going to say, a, this doesn't thing, count but, as isn't, isn't that terrible. But I as, don't a, think. It's a, as a symbol of what's going on in the minds of human beings in our era, like that we're preparing for having to replant basically all of the, all these different species of vegetables and so on it's it's just reflect uh, emblematic of how depressed you know humanity is at this moment right maybe justifiably but uh, yeah i it's mean a, it's a little bit like those incredibly elaborate bomb shelters that people built in the in the 60s when everyone was convinced that nuclear war was coming right. didn't end up needing those but the fact that we're already engaged in these preparations tells us that uh, we're in a pretty dark frame of mind seems to me and i don't want to live in that tunnel by the way yeah it doesn't i mean look maybe nice. they're, they're not saying that we would live there but right yeah i mean if you're going to build a, like a post-apocalyptic tunnel go to korea I, that's well, where it's no, at what i was going to say is i think you should furnish it a little bit better oh yeah that was not furnished that was bare, very very spartan i don't like that 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 is something that i think should get invested in Right? That could be a good reality TV show, like Queer Eye for Straight Guy. It could be like, yeah. you know, queer interior decor. For for the apocalypse? 
Yeah, you, you know what we do? Some throw we get pillows. the Republicans to donate the collected pride flags that they're quilting. Right. Get and some that, rainbow, you know, get some bright. Put it up over color. all that concrete. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because it, it kind of would soften up the room a little bit. Yeah. And you put in some water bears just to know that they're there. You won't be able to see them. Yeah. Well, it you know, feels like life. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a party when, when water bears are there. You can almost have like a little a permanent sort of video installation of one side of water bears swimming around. Yeah. Because like that, that would make you feel like, you know, that the world above you isn't dead. Right. Because right? it literally would be... I mean, the biggest, they're so full of life, these people, as we know, I was going to say these people, these people are so full of life that they can survive blasts. So they actually would probably just be hanging out there anyway. Right. Okay. You mean right? the, the, the water bears? The water bears, yeah. Yeah. They would naturally find them their way there. Yeah. So I don't know. I just found that story depressing some for some reason. Yeah. You I know? mean, the, the situation, it's, 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 the premise of it is depressing. You know, that they've already had to collect 5,000 different kinds of seeds and put them in all those different boxes and crates and, and that they have one in the Arctic. Yeah, what's going on there? Does the Arctic actually exist? It does. I have my doubts. I know, I know somebody who used to, who used to do tours really? in the Arctic, in the, uh, in the Antarctica. So he's actually been there. So he could be lying to me, I guess. He is could motive, be fake yeah. news. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, that was, isn't that terrible? And really, it's just like i think of it as isn't that resourceful real. isn't uh, that resourceful but yeah sure climate change is real yeah finally matt the skeptic <laughs> was i a skeptic no i'm just kidding because yeah. that's the news yeah right i see yeah isn't that resourceful i guess so i guess yeah. so right how yeah. come we're not doing that why why are the south koreans doing that yeah if we're shooting little micro animals into sand although i guess that's not us doing that. that's the british doing that right what are we yeah. doing what are we doing? Um, What's the dumbest scientific experiment that's going that's on in America question. right now? But if there's anybody out there among our listeners who knows the answer to that yeah, question, please get in touch. It. Yeah, use the hashtag uh, useful idiots pod. Pod, yeah. So, okay, so that was all the food groups. Yeah, all the food right? groups. Yeah, all yeah. the food groups. Yeah. And, all right. Well, we have a great show coming yeah. up for you. We're going to talk to uh, friends of show. Ball. Yes, friends Crystal of show. Ball Crystal Ball and, and uh, Sagar and Jetty. Uh, who made a move that we're kind of familiar with. So um, yeah. we were going to talk to them about that and some uh, other issues of importance to, to people of our ilk politically, right? Or, or yeah. of, of, I guess we're not of the same ilk politically, so. They have a parallel. They 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 copied they're, they're us. In a they, started, in a they started before us, but they copied us somehow. Also, their archetypes are a little different than ours, but yeah, yeah. we're going to talk to them and that's going to be fun. And, yeah, and you can uh, find their big, big announcement from them, which we'll save. Let's go to the to, to that conversation. Let's do it. Welcome back to the show, Crystal Ball and Sagar and Jetty, formerly of Rising of the Hill, but now they reached that breaking point <laughs> and started their own thing. You had to points. do it. You had to. Do I it. had to do it. Yeah. So welcome, and we're really excited to get the scoop about what happened. We, I wanted to start out by asking how inspired you guys were by R. <laughs> Well, of course. Exactly what I was going to lead with is like, you guys blazed the trail. We saw yeah. useful idiots going rogue, going independent, and we're like, 
they've, they've shown us the way. So yeah. honestly, I was hoping we could use the next however long the interview is going to last for you guys just to give us some tips, some pointers, <laughs> some handholding, what have yeah, you, what should we do, what, what have yeah, we done? Is. Have we made a horrible yeah. mistake? No, actually, like maybe we, we could start there. The sad thing is you guys have started, you started, where did you launch this week, right? And we actually need yeah, to yesterday. from you. So uh, <laughs> they've already got a set. The same thing. I know. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. a I really mean, nice set too. I have to tell you, nice. I'm really proud of it because we built it like we designed it, which was very nerve wracking because you guys know, like the way things look in person is very different from how they look on camera. So I was pretty nervous that it was going to look like shit, but it right. does not look like shit. It actually looks fantastic. Yeah, the, wow. the real low point is when I had to design the desk and I sent it to the <laughs> desk manufacturer and he was like, this is literally the worst drawing I've ever seen. Can you, can <laughs> yeah, he was like, this is the worst. Can it looked show, like a three-year-old draw. Can drawing. you show us the drawing? I don't know. I, it's a, I have a picture uh, somewhere on my phone. It's, yeah. li it's literally like, like, it's like sticks with a curve. And I was like drawing measurements and it was like very unclear whether it was inches or feet. And oh, he's this like, is okay. Spinal Tap. Yeah, it was Stonehenge. It was so bad. Like it was terrible, uh, but it came out great. It's a great looking desk. So I'll put it up great against Fox and MSNBC Matt. any day. Great reference, Matt. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, you know, we're just, we're, we're stupid talent. So we don't know how to do these things like draw pictures of desks right. and whatever, oh, but it looks thing. really great. I am considering becoming one of those boomers who's like, do you have any idea how hard it is to start a business in this country? Because this shit is hard. But I thought we were gonna this say to build is a hard. desk. Yeah. No, well, I mean building a desk, all those fucking lawyers, LLC, whatever. Okay, like it, it's unbelievably annoying. And so that's another thing. I've become one of those libertarian boomers who's a small business owner. You should actually ask Lawrence O'Donnell about the desk thing. You know how he's always raising money for his daughter's like charity, which builds oh, desks in some. Oh, it's a, that's really? a great charity. That's a Country? really great charity, though. Yeah, I don't want to make fun of that. Oh. He no, does, I'm not making fun he, of he it. He raises a lot of saying. money for um, students to have desks and materials in yeah. um, in poor co communities in Africa. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Props, what do they need? Yeah. What do they need desks for? I'm sorry. Good question. Well, I think it's hard to work if you don't have a desk. I mean, that's pretty challenging. All right, Matt. I'm just being a joke. I'm <laughs> Tell sorry. me about your Malawi charity. Yeah. How it's better than Lawrence O'Donnell's. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't have yeah, a Malawi charity. What's the useful charity? What do you guys donate to? Uh, to you guys. All right. Oh, there you go. Oh, well, okay. there you that's, go. That's acceptable. You can write that off. <laughs> we, we fully support that. Yeah. So, no, I mean, in all seriousness, look, you can guess some of the reasons why we left. The bottom line is if you are into independent media and you don't pull your punches where, you know, certain corporations or powerful entities are concerned, at a certain point it becomes it becomes a little unsustainable to be in in corporate media critiquing corporate media. Yeah. And there were specific things. I mean, just to give you a little example recently of something that made the dynamic unsustainable in terms of our maintaining our core principles. So the Hill takes money out from all kinds of different advertisers and, you know, everybody from like Coke Industries to American Petroleum Institute, which was always really uncomfortable. You know, I, I saw some pushback on Twitter of like, oh, why aren't you guys covering Stephen Donziger's trial, which we did cover. We we did a couple of yeah, segments did. with him. We did a segment with Marianne Williamson and um, Susan, Susan Sarandon. Amanda. But, you know, I don't even like the the fact that people would question that that money coming into a corporate media outlet is going to impact our coverage. So 
that was, you know, those sorts of scenarios played out a number of times during our time there. And I, yeah. I don't want to attract like we were incredibly fortunate to get to build what we built there. We said I, we were allowed to say so much more and be way out there for much further than, you know, when I was at MSNBC, for example, but got to a place where we did see examples like yours and, and others of successfully making the jump and hoped and, and it seems like it's worked out that our audience would believe in what we're doing and have our back and also want to support a non-corporate uh, media entity. And so decided to take the leap. I'll give you guys an example. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, this is, again, it's not the Hill's fault. Like the Hill, their job is to be a Beltway media outlet. But like, I, I love this. I did a segment where this is all I said. I said, Maxine Waters will be the chairwoman of the Financial Services Committee till the day she dies. That's all I said. It was in the context Death of threat. the seniority system at in the house. This is an objective fact, right? Like, okay, we're all settled there. Well, her fucking staff calls the boss of the Hill and said that I issued a death threat was against what? Maxine Waters. I shit you not. No, for real. Like they said that I was threatening her life and they don't call me. They don't call my, but they call your boss's boss. Right. And they started right. threatening all kinds of shit. And here's the thing, Maxine Waters, she's the chairman of the financial services committee and Hill reporters need to be able to talk to her. So they know exactly right. who to threaten and like work the strings and like, oh, maybe we're not going to appear. And, and I'm like, oh, I mean, my natural inclination is to call the guy back and say, go fuck yourself, you right. know? And by the way, I'm recording this and I'm just going to re uh, release it. But I can't do that. Um, another yeah, one, you can though. So if well, you now I can, it, and that's why I'm telling it. the story, by the way. Yeah. Not off the record anymore, bitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so the other one is bitch that is not to obviously, it's that not was not about Waters, Maxine Waters. Yeah, 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 it I was to her, her yeah. chicken shit chief of yeah. staff yeah. who, uh, thought that he could threaten. Here's the other well, one. I hope we have more the, of these. This is good. Yeah. This is great, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm happy. I, I've yeah. got a lot. I've got a year two years of grievances. Um, uh, the other one was TikTok. So, for example, I for a while was doing segments and reporting on Republican specifically lobbyists who were former Paul Ryan staffers and others who were going to go work for TikTok. All public knowledge, their uh, bios were all on LinkedIn, everything, it was all public. I tweeted it out and I was like, oh, another Paul Ryan staffer going to go work for a de facto Chinese government company. Really interesting. That was it. I did a monologue on it. TikTok calls up the hill and is like, he's issuing death threats and it, unleashing harassment, you know, blah, blah, blah. And again, I'm like, fuck you. Like, I don't care. I didn't do anything wrong. It's called reporting. Don't work for a Chinese company um, if you don't want scrutiny. Sorry. And dude, they know how to pull the string. And look, I was afraid because at the time, the Hill was taking advertisements from Huawei, with Chinese telecom company. And I was like, shit, man, what if TikTok starts advertising? You know what I mean? Yeah. So all of these are just examples of, look, if it's even in the back of my mind that I can't do reporting on TikTok or say whatever I want about Maxine Waters or any other powerful politician, yeah. then yeah, I would be, I'd be lying if I didn't say that. I didn't have to at least think about it whenever I was issuing my commentary. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, arrogant if you don't think that those sorts of pressures and incentives right. are going to affect you. Right. Of course they are. Yeah. You need to exactly. make a TikTok about what happened. <laughs> well, I don't use TikTok. I refuse uh, to download it. So well, I know, but that would be yeah. ironic. I'm going to make a TikTok of this. Yeah, about you. Yeah, yeah, this would be a good TikTok. Video. Well, yeah. You know what's interesting about that, though, is that it, it's, it's a little bit 
revealing about how why the media landscape is split because ultimately the the threat is that they're going to cut off access right yes so if you don't care about the access that's when you get the negative reporting that's why like msnbc doesn't worry about saying nasty things about Republican politicians because they're never going to get it. Exactly. They're well, never, they're never they going to get it. They don't, they unless don't they work at MSNBC. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, Wallace exactly. or yeah. our correspondents like, yeah. Right. Like Steve Smith. But yes, currently elected. Right. Right. Of course. Yeah. But if you have any pretensions to ever actually wanting to do any real reporting, like the, the idea that they, they, they can just close their doors to you is something you have to think about. So that I mean that it, it's just very frustrating, right? Like the the idea that you you have to worry about pulling your punches because everybody else at the organization, yeah, might now have to, you know, right, be penalized right. by us doing critical coverage, you know, across the board. So, right. and yeah, and I didn't want to get into like some of the pettier grievances, but I also do think it was just really telling that on our way out the door, after having a great run there, building a great show that people seem to really appreciate that had tremendous growth in a very short period of time, like, you know, we did our goodbye video to our audience that we built there and they changed the head. They didn't want to premiere it. They took it down. They t- turned off the comments. They put it back yeah. up. And now it's now it's disappeared gone. from the yeah. channel. Like, Give it know, to us. I we'll just, play it from the Useful Idiots channel. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's their IP. It's it. theirs. Sort of. You know, whatever. It just left it. It left a little bit of a, it left, that left a sour taste after spending, investing, really investing a lot of heart and soul into building a show there. And then that's the way you're treated out the door when, you know, we told people we did everything they asked us to do, we told people to stick around and watch what they're up to. And then it's still this just like petty sort of trying to knife us on the way out. Yeah. So well, don't I mean, stick around. Unsubscribe everyone from the hill. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't, come say. on, come on. Wow, you're a better <laughs> man than I. It shows you a little There's bit about how- There's room for everyone to succeed. That's really yeah, the- look, We've been trying truth. to make that case for a long time. Right. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I think you should, if you have the video, we should do it, com- we should watch it, do commentary. We don't have the video. It's no their one, IP. No one, it's yeah, but no IP. one screen grabbed ours. it. No one screen okay. grabbed it. Oh. It's wow. all right. It's all good. It's all good. So who? Else? Okay. Well, since they did that, you owe us one petty grievance. Then just like that's Sasha. it. Yeah. That's pretty bad, that's don't you think? That's a pretty yeah, good but we know that grievance. that's not a scoop. We want a scoop. Tell us someone you want to call out who you couldn't. There's um, no, listen, tell us uh, something you I'll, want I'll to tell say. you what the chief yeah. beef is. The top beef was that, and and you guys will understand this because you're on the internet. And everybody who's also watching us will understand this. Crystal and I were not allowed to even mention or promote our own podcasts on the Hill. So we build this audience on this platform. And there's some cockamamie idea that our podcasts are going to somehow subtract subtract from what's happening. And Katie, you used to come on our show all the time. Is it not an additive thing where... uh, we add to you, you add to us, we yeah. rise together. It's called yeah. the internet. It's actually not a discrete resource, turns out. Welcome to the year 1999. Yeah. Um, and trying to explain this was maddening. And it was the dumbest thing. Yeah. And it was yeah. such a petty way in order to just try and control our public image, our brand, um, how we appeared in public. And I'm looking at Matt and you out here saying whatever the hell you want. And I'm like, why do I have to put up with this shit? You know, it was just yeah. endless uh, just to, little things like that. 
to piggyback on that, just to draw for the audience, how silly of a way to think about things that is. So, you know, my, my co-host on my podcast, Crystal Kyle and friends is Kyle Kalinske, who was consistently when we would have him on rising, one of our top performing guests, he was one of the very few people that, you know, always would deliver numbers. We had him on early on in the channel. He's one of the people really helped bring attention to the fact that we even existed. So a lot, you know, a good part of his audience had subscribed and helped to build us up. Once I started doing the podcast with Kyle, he was banned from appearing on rising. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. But yeah. how, yeah. like, you're just hurting yourself right now. Right. I yeah. mean, it's, you're literally it's taking so, money out of your own pocket. So, right. Yeah. So it was, yeah. it was incredibly frustrating and just like mind numbingly stupid types of just right. really like counterproductive. There's just this, this, mindset of media is zero sum right. in the same way that cable news is really sort of zero. You can either watch CNN or you're watching MSNBC. You're not watching both at the same time. There was all this kind of like legacy thinking in place about the way that things should be or the way that things work that just is, you know, not but, the reality in the spaces that we're operating in. But it's not really zero sum. I mean, like, Almost every other business understands the principle of getting of this sort of mutual uh, you sort would of rise. And, like like you would McDonald's and Burger King are constantly yes. putting their franchises next to each other because both oh, both franchises actually end up selling more when that's true. Right. That's um, a great point. Why is that? The chicken sandwich wars very yeah. obvious for everyone involved. I'm sure. Exactly. Why is that? Why would they put themselves next to each other? I don't know. What the, the, it, it's it like had, a it, critical mass, and then you know one feeds the other, and every they were every yeah. Like anyway, that chicken yes. sandwich. It's a classic business concept. Was anyway. not satisfying. I'm yeah, that's why it's, it's why businesses often are, are next to each other, even if they're competitors. It's just it's just like a thing. But in but the media is just, it, it's just a very parochial business where editors and news directors have they they have like this sort of ownership idea about the the properties that they manage that is mm. just outdated and silly and petty that, that's uh, that, that's ridiculous but now you don't have to go through with that and already uh, it sounds like you've gotten such a great response from your subscribers uh that uh, it's already a success right yeah we've i mean we're blown, blown away, away. We're blown blown away. Away. people we, hate corporate media even more than we could have imagined <laughs> and matt i want to say too um as the set is currently constituted one little reveal i will say is your book is very prominently placed nice That's right. we've got hate ink and we've got manufacturing consent right wow. Wow. yeah now i'm gonna have to write a book so you can put it on your yeah book. we'll put it right there <laughs> motivating yeah well crystal i mean you can cut this if this is confidential but i believe that you weren't allowed to have me on your uh on kyle Crystal Kyle and friends, right? Because of my. So there's, yes. Oh, the two so week were, rule. Yeah, explain this, this genius. Another silly thing. Yeah. So in the same, the same contractual provision that said like that Kyle couldn't, was banned since I was doing this podcast with him. There was a two week, like you couldn't have someone on the podcast within two weeks of them being on Rising. And since we have you on Rising every single week, that effectively meant, yeah, right. that you couldn't be on the podcast. Right. So did you include that? We'd have to space out. Like we had Matt on the podcast, but then we had to like space out. And there was all kinds of weird back and forth about spacing you out from rising because of the fight. It's silly. Again, very silly. It's mind numbingly stupid. Right. And and I mean, I just want to suggest that that's probably was the biggest factor. Because (laughs) now you you can have the the new shows. Yeah. Katie Halper everywhere and every time that I need your insights, you will be there for me. Yeah. You need to move to DC. 
I thought so, yeah. You're actually going to be levitating over the center of the set. That's like the <laughs> yeah. part of the design yeah, permanently. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Well, I didn't want to reveal everything, but since Matt brought it up. Are you afraid, though, that Kyle, because I was listening to your, the realignment, right? Mm -hmm. That's your pod, uh, and then uh, Sagar, and then Crystal, of course, you have Crystal, Kyle, and friends. And I heard um, Kyle was saying how you guys at the Hill weren't subjected to the kind of, what was it, YouTube, the... The adocalypse, what's it called? The the apocalypse. Well, that was before we started the show, but yeah. 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 Kyle was talking about the how have the you know, having a corporation behind you, obviously, that means that you're favored more in terms of algorithms. So I was wondering though, what if this is all it did if Kyle encouraged you to go rogue, maybe that's because he didn't want to compete with your hill numbers. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if he did encourage it. I'm just Once putting again, it out there. We're all rising he together. Did encourage it, Katie. Like, yeah. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. Think about. Yeah, it's, it's good conspiracy. Yeah. Um, we actually are a little worried and um in terms of the business model, like we were a little worried about how the YouTube algorithm would treat us. Yeah. Because I, mean, I, I do know. think we, you know, being with the Hill verified and authoritative right. resource or whatever right. they have them deemed, I, I do think, you know, we we benefited a lot from that. And I've seen the way that independent news and politics has just been like you know, really hit hard during the, in recent months yeah. um, with lack of subscriber growth and lack of view, like view suppression, all that stuff. So we were kind of worried about being at the whims of the YouTube algorithm, which is why we're leaning more into the, the yeah. TV, subscriber. Like, yeah, that's why we didn't build our so business. That we just that don't way. have to worry about right. that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, that's why we didn't build our business off of right. YouTube views. I, I I was told a story. I was like, you know, if this was 2014, we would have been like, Facebook watch, baby, let's yeah. go. <laughs> you know, Facebook watch views and YouTube and like, let's party. Like, you know, like let's, it's all the ad, all ads all the time. Yeah. But like, no, I mean, we're not stupid. And the real thing is, is I've been through enough digital media companies to know that you never know what's going to happen with these ads. Never. They can turn the spigot off anytime they want. I mean, during COVID, the CPMs plummeted by like 90%. Whenever I worked at the Daily Caller, it was you pray to the Facebook gods. You have no idea how they're going to treat you that day. You have to build your business in such a way that you can't rely on anybody but your audience. And luckily, now we have the tools to do that. So thank God for that. I mean, we are not at the whims of any of that in terms of our primary source of revenue. Isn't that so interesting though, that the, like for almost a decade or even longer, news companies were basically building their entire editorial strategy oh, around yeah. what they, whatever they thought the algorithm was. Yeah. Uh, for, for and the, then they just but, change it overnight. They would change it yeah. and then they would change their strategies. And then, and you know, the only way around it is this subscriber model. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, there were, there were a bunch of companies that were just destroyed when Facebook change their model um mike, mike? is one that right. comes oh, yeah. comes mm -hmm. to mind you know they were they grew like crazy and took in all this venture money and they're hiring all these when got this beautiful space and they were like the millennial you know online news destination and then the mm -hmm. second that facebook yeah changed their whole algorithm it was it was over and there were a number of companies that are like that so yeah i mean you can't you can't build a sustainable property or business or whatever off of the whims of you know a couple of billionaires <laughs> it's not right. you just can't a smart it. idea <laughs> well this is great so it, it, yeah. technically it starts on the 7th right June 7th. 7th yeah we yeah. launch yeah. 
All Go right. to crystalandsager.com to come members and all that good stuff. And um, we couldn't be breaking more points on YouTube. Please check it out. Yeah, yeah excellent. Yeah. yeah, spend all 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 of your uh, disposable income on. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. Uh, no, if you can't afford to do that. And then I've been getting it over. I've gotten emails from someone who's like, "I'm unemployed, but I want to get." I'm like, "Keep it. It's all good. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> please just please. watch it on Only YouTube. If it's, it's okay. Comfortable for you. Yeah, if you yeah, can, yeah. Like, if you subscribe. can afford it, yes, yeah, then fine. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah. Any people you do want to call out again? Here's your. <laughs> You're once again offering you the chance. Well, let's we're gonna we're gonna lie. take Michelle Obama's advice and take the yeah. high road. That's right. <laughs> and they go low, you go high. Go high. Right. <laughs> right, right. Thank you guys. All you right, guys are an inspiration. We love you. Guys. Thank right. you. Take care now. All right. Well, that was cool. Crystal and Saga were sort of an inspiration to us, I think, from the beginning, right? And they remain really the the only experiment in mainstream media at that kind of thing. Yes. Right. right? Yeah. They were talking about when I, I heard their, their joint crossover podcast with the realignment and crystal Kyle and friends, they were talking about how much like people would watch them because of the aesthetics of the set and what they were wearing and everything. And so it gives them, cause they do have that in a way that like, they were the only show remotely like that, that looks like a real like a cable news show but what's so amazing it's amazing right because they they did great numbers they did numbers that were comparable to i mean i think as i said even better than cnn shows and i i think there were there were lots and lots of companies that could have i mean they wouldn't have had those person personalities and that would have been a, a setback but if they had just even had tried the concept of let's not be culture war, you know, assassins all day long. They would have, they would have instantly done great numbers, and not mm-hmm. one of them tried. Not they, were, they had no imitators, which was crazy. Right? Yeah. You know? yeah. I don't know. I just, I think that yeah. was amazing. But yeah. anyway, yeah. great, great. I mean, for we them. we always started like just in terms of the inspiration thing. Like, yeah, the dy- the dynamic, but we're in a different political spot where we're like not identical, but we're not diametrically opposed. No. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The concept of the show, of their show, was it, it was not designed to make people freak out and be angry. Yeah. It was designed to like look at look at things from a point of view right. that was excluded, and you know yeah. we, we did a little bit of that too. Or be angry at the media elites and the political elites. Right. Anyway, yeah. good for them, right? Good for them. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. going to get this useful idiots bump. I mean, all the success They've moving already forward got yeah. is going to be. You know where to find the source for that. That's right. It's always really, no matter what the issue is, even if it's not about us, it's about us. Basically, yeah. Right. At least me. Sometimes yeah. about it's, us. Right. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally, it's a little bit about me, but yes, it's always me. about yeah. you, at least. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, great to talk to them. Yes. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, yeah. Thanks and so much or for watching. Listening. And or watching. And to hear the rest of that great interview with Crystal Ball and Sagar and Jetty, go to... Usefulidiots.substack.com. And we'll see you next week. Subscribe on YouTube. Rate and review the pod. We will see you again. (laughs) 
I'm Michael Toscano, hoping you'll join me on the First Light Podcast. We get to the heart of the event shaping our world as our correspondents check in and we talk with newsmakers and people who can take us behind the headlines. The First Light Podcast, wherever you get podcasts.